0: Here we go. Money
1: talk. Here comes the money. Dollar, dollar. 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 Welcome to the Free Money Podcast. It's where we bring you the Brooklyn Bay Area consensus about institutional investing that you desperately crave.
2: Yes, and as of yesterday, soon we will have independence from the COVID,
0: and Mm -hmm. the day will
2: be Independence Day. Yep, May 1st. May 1st is when everybody gets vaccinated, but Independence Day in uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is July 4th, Sloan.
1: <laughs> I celebrate a different kind of Independence Day. I'm clearing the construct, Ashby. <laughs> That's awesome. I uh, <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, but I'm I'm like blown that away
2: this Because that means we might have a, a somewhat normal summer. Like you might be able to like get on an airplane and go somewhere.
1: I mean, yeah, it's time to buy some freaking patio furniture and invite the neighbors over and do barbecues, you know? That's legit. Yeah. yeah. But like, I mean, actually a plane, like I might even go in the subway.
2: Yep. I think a lot of people, well, I saw a bunch of crabby people on the Twitter sphere who were like, July 4th, go live your lives. This is baloney. Uh, so there's that part. But then there's also the part that's like, wow, like, are we through this? Like, yeah, I like, mean, July 4th. I mean, we've been in for a year. It just doesn't feel like that far away. It's March. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a couple months. You know, that's a, that's no big deal. Yeah. Like, so that, I just
2: found that was awesome.
1: I, I can't believe, I mean, like, it's really, you know, we got to two and a half million vaccines a day, lickety split. And then right before that, uh, you know, that bill was passed, they, you know, they bought another hundred million vaccines from Merck and J&J. Um, it's cause these like governments, I guess when they, you know, are, not they can do stuff, kind of sometimes. It's almost as if,
2: yeah, good government can do good things. That's kind so of weird. It's true, but you know
1: that goes against everything I've learned from An Rand and the Chicago School of Economics. <laughs>
2: <Ooh>.
0: <laughs>
2: there we go. <laughs> you know, and but to 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 say like, I have to tell you that the amount of anxiety I've had around my parents' well-being. Mm. Um, it, Was very high, and I I knew that when I when they got there they're in their late seventies, and so they've now had both doses of the of the vaccine. It's like I feel like weight off, just knowing that you know they're not COVID's not going to kill them.
1: Yeah, same. I mean, like I actually had dinner with my grandparents for the first time this year, like a couple of weeks ago. Um, Like we got the whole family together, and we still did masks and social distance, but we were like, there was no chance we were going to kill my ninety year old grandparents. Yeah. Um, which rules.
2: Sloan, I'm reminded of how young you are that used to have <laughs> grandparents. Uh, yeah. Mm. I am sadly probably a decade removed from having grandparents. But mm. uh um,
1: well, well we we have Mormon stock or simply long lived.
2: <laughs> yeah, those Canadians up there. It's too cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't want to go that long. Freeze to uh, death. I have news. Oh, ooh, we like news.
2: News about the world of pension funds and asset owner investors mm. and freeing money from the chains of short-termism, and it's definitely real this time, the news yep. that I have. News number one is about the es craze. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like found out that the ESG craze, environment, social, governance uh, criteria being included into decision making, is actually good for your financial performance. It continues Stop. to be true. It continues to be true. Well, mm-hmm. Morningstar mm-hmm. Read this week uh, that its ESG screened indices outperformed in 2020, and in case you thought this was a 2020 phenomenon, over the last five years, while offering more downside protection. Now, for me, that's just like exactly what I thought I would do. And Why so- would
1: anyone want that? Like- I,
2: like I like the confirmation bias I'm getting right now out of this yeah. data. Um, but then also in the same news story snuggled in there is a news uh, tidbit out of MSCI where they've figured out that ESG should be a new fundamental factor that you oh. include as a factor to understand your... Portfolio, and that it is tied to long term earnings growth for companies high e s g mm. is linked with long term earnings growth, and I think long term earnings growth is good
1: i'm going to try and keep my skeptic hat on and assume that that's not just a ploy to sell data uh, <laughs> or skeptic yeah my skeptic hat off rather <laughs> <laughs> yeah you had it on basically <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, like, I love, I love the intuition. I love the, you know, but it's like, you know, like there's a hundred asset managers out there. All of them are like, yes, we've been on it in on the ESG since the ground floor, you know? Uh, (laughs) You know what? You just
2: ruined it because now I'm sitting here thinking about it. Now I'm like, you know what? Actually I know that all these organizations have like huge pressure to sell ESG data.
1: Yep. Yeah. Sloan, the Grinch or tell. (laughs)
2: screwed up my story.
1: Moving on. (laughs) Story number two.
2: This one I love. This is more confirmation bias for me. Mm. Fully, this is, I'm in the echo chamber, just loving life. Um, Pension funds that pay their chief investment officers more, in fact, pay them in the top quartile among pension funds, can expect to outperform by 25 to 47 basis points annually according to a news article I read on the Institutional Investor Magazine website. Hmm, good website. It is a good one. And the quote that I saw, um, which I loved, was, it's completely intuitive. Pensions that pay more seem to hire better.
1: Yeah, that's a good quote. I mean, it is a good quote. And the reason I
2: loved it, which I couldn't fit in the tweet I wrote, is like, it may be intuitive, but I can find you many people and organizations who still find ways not to do it.
1: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep.
2: Yeah. So, for you pension CIOs out there, we're
1: fighting for you.
0: We're
2: getting the You're not, work paid,
1: out. You're not paid enough, baby. You know, I mean, yeah. like, what, what is that thing from, uh, what's that movie with Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise in it? Show me the money. Yep. Show you I, the money. I had a few friends say,
2: um, you pay peanuts, you get monkeys.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And so, I think that's also a way of, uh, Saying something very short to do explain. Monkeys
1: eat, do monkeys eat peanuts, or is it elephants?
2: Mm. I don't know. <laughs> it really should be if you pay bananas.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you pay bananas. <laughs> Crazy pay. You get the monkeys. You, know. if you, pay bananas, you might get elephants. <laughs> exactly. Which rules? I mean, everyone loves an elephant. Jesus Christ! I mean, and if, you, if you pay cr- cr- long
0: term, long term thinking. If you, you pay can- krill,
1: you might get a whale.
2: oh wonderful wonderful i do have one more news story Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. probably going to take us down 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 the drain of insanity and it's about tokens Mm -hmm. token 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 my favorite token news is um all of the non-fungible tokens that are going on right now somebody sold a non-fungible token which i uh, we can talk about later but for sixty-eight million dollars.
1: Yep, and they get ten percent of every future sale. So, like, this is real.
2: Yeah. Um, so the 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 news out, which I'm focusing on this topic first, is how the institutional investors are dealing with tokens. And it turns out in Asia Pacific, uh, I read a story about how. The big institutional investors there, specifically the sovereign funds in Singapore and the pension fund in Korea, are taking a big interest in tokens now. They haven't, according to the news, uh, begun to buy the tokens. So you're not going to see them holding crypto kitties just yet um, or buying into Jack's tweet mm-hmm. uh, or whatever Jay-Z is about to sell. I don't know, but I'm sure he is selling something because that's he's good at that.
1: He's good at that, yeah.
2: Um, and, but they are supporting the platforms that facilitate that exchange, you know, a picks and shovels kind of approach to this token craze. And, uh, and so there you go. I thought that was fascinating to see finally some of these big institutions getting in, uh, to this kind of new world of finance, but doing it through kind of a, a broader approach than, than picking and choosing the token. Yeah.
1: You know, you know I, like I, um, I was in prepping for this episode, I was thinking a lot about that Gartner hype cycle, right, where things go through this like, you know, uh, asymptotic or, the, you know, this parabolic rise and then a, a fall. And then they sort of rise to this thing that they call the, the plateau of productivity. Mm. Um, and I actually put a, you know, a quick chart up on the new and revitalized freemoneypodcast.com right before this um, oh, that, 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 <laughs> that has a bl- blockchain search volume. Um and mm-hmm. the uh and the hype cycle itself. And you know what? It's a pretty it's a pretty perfect match. Wow. Um which is pretty cool. I mean, like I think, you know, there's tons of negative things. Like USAID, the US development agency, apparently studied like 43 instances of using the blockchain for development finance. And the dude who did the survey is like a huge blockchain booster, and they found no evidence of even a small success. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> <laughs> um, you know um and, and like uh you know ibm who was like all about crypto at one point has cut their crypto team down to zero um you know and Ooh. that finance the uh exchange that we talked about uh with, with the fabulous lindsey holden uh, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago um is now under investigation by the cftc mm-hmm. um ripple is under investigation by the sec um, you know so there's plenty of sketchy headlines, but you also see things like the Associated Press reported election results via the ethereum blockchain um this uh, year you know okay. which that's like an actual application
2: uh, yeah
1: and you' like, seeing
2: a lot of startups by the way that are fully legit using blockchain as like the core um data architecture so it's not like they're selling a product that's blockchain they're selling a broad product that's like data and analytics but blockchain is kind of hidden you yeah. know and I, that's where it's gonna go for a while
1: and like i you know if there's a, if there's entrepreneurial activity like the natural question is where's the investment activity right like are yeah. big investors like actually hopping on board with this thing um and like you know can we expect to be sitting at investment conferences and like hearing stuff like oh yeah we just bought a whole bunch of uh you know shares in, i don't know finance before yeah China.
2: Well, I mean, we're definitely, people are definitely asking me like, hey, when are pension funds going to get into crypto? And I think the answer is like, if by that you mean buying crypto tokens or buying Bitcoin, I think it'll be a while. But I think like, if what you mean by that is, you know, supporting companies that are building blockchains or using blockchains for some, you know, some pipes and wires inside their organization... And so we're gonna call or at least have uh, my good friend Marcel, mm-hmm. Prince, who is the chief operating officer of the biggest pension fund in Europe, which, no big is a, deal. which is a large continent uh join us and tell us about how they, if they see blockchain as potentially helping them do what they do,
1: you know I realize when they I, do. I, I, i stereotype the dutch as being really innovative but it's entirely because of apg um you know like re- yeah it's it really is I, I was like talking to claire about this and i was like oh yeah you know uh, the he's from the dutch fund so he's like really really innovative obviously um she yeah. talks, what what,
2: what? <laughs> but pg both the big dutch funds are known for being like incredibly professional like they yeah. used- Technology and data, and PGGM for like leading the world in impact and ESG investing.
1: Like, That's
2: rad. probably the world's best. I think it was like seven or eight years ago that they're like, "Yeah, we're going to put ten percent of our fund in ESG and impact." And everybody wow. was like,
1: "What?" Yeah, I remember uh, we had someone we had we filmed a conversation in the office uh, about that. Uh, maybe in like two thousand thirteen or something. Yes, Marcel. Oh my gosh! Thank you so you much. Did it. Welcome to the Free
2: Money Podcast. We are thrilled to have you. Thank you for coming to us on your Friday night. Hopefully you've had one or two beverages that will loosen your
3: or make oh, you well, more willing to share. No, just make you willing to share. I'm, just- a share. I'm a sharing person by nature, as do you know that? So that's, uh, you know, and I, I was really thinking, shall I get a, a drink Friday evening drink? But then uh, my uh, English uh, might become a little bit slurry-ish, you know, <laughs> I thought, uh, that, that w- It might've been too much, so, uh, <laughs> it to too much. Well, thank you. We uh, I've
2: introduced you. Everybody knows you are the chief operating officer, of the biggest pension in europe um and we were talking a little bit about how some of the um big sovereign funds and pension funds in asia are supporting tokenization and blockchain by investing in the exchanges and then we got into a kind of a conversation around what is to- what are tokens and blockchain and and really technology um, gonna do inside the world of pension funds and so obviously we want to call you your chief operating officer of one of the most innovative pension plans. At least that's what most people think. We'll hear from you if that's true. Um, but first, let's ask you about the blockchain. I'm not sure people realize this in here, but you guys tried a blockchain-based pension administration system all the way back in 2017. How did that work, and how's it going?
3: Um. Uh, well, uh, the, the company is doing great, uh, which is literally, uh, bottom line, uh, the journey we went on was indeed on what can we do with a blockchain? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have fundamental uh, belief for that uh, technology can help solving frictions uh, uh, and inefficiencies in the marketplace. Uh, and as you know, I hate to waste pensioners' money. So everything that we can do to leverage technology and making sure that things uh, will be smoothed out, that, uh, that's great. So uh, we really were then in a discovery stage in uh, what the current generation of technology could mean for us, uh, whether it be alternative data, AI, machine learning, blockchain, uh, cloud stuff, you know, all the buzzwords uh, 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 that's hanging around, and then apply that to pensions there. Um, There there were some youngsters in the company that really went into fully blockchain mode uh, there. Uh, where I think one of the biggest issues within the Dutch pension system is if you move from one to the other pension system, which is called, uh, you take your your defined benefit share with you, sure. and you want to sell you portability uh, from one to the other fund. Uh, so, which is very inefficient because okay. then one pension fund so you need to apply for a. Uh, a transfer of your money and then the others and then they start to write to each other which is pretty inefficient so what if your blockchain can be i would say the admin for your personal pension accruals there uh, where your employer can make sure that also the uh, monthly contribution will be uh, uh, put on the blockchain, uh, where the pension fund can look what the total accruals is of uh, of all the pensions, uh, where the tax uh, authority can take a look and see what's the value, but also government can take a look. But basically, so it's your own portable pension admin uh, there. Um, this went pretty well. And yeah. actually, actually, uh, as was in the news in the Netherlands a few months ago, uh, we sold that company as APG. Oh, wow. yeah, we uh, transferred it to a, a different organization. Uh, and the company is now called Hyphen, uh, H-Y-F-E-N, Hyphen, oh. uh, because the ID uh, is much more portable than only fr- solving frictions in the Dutch pension landscape. So uh, these boys and girls... Very proud of them. They're now really targeting the international marketplace there, but also eyeing to the insurance markets there. And that's not our core business, is APG. So then we think it's a cool idea and we give all the support to, to the team to make sure that they find a new place to, uh, to grow this business.
1: That's fascinating stuff. I mean, so it sounds like you were doing kind of like a high, it's, it seems like it started as like shifting existing functionality under the blockchain and yes. then grew into like, wow, we can pioneer all kinds of new stuff. Uh, yes.
3: Yeah, but. absolutely. And I think there, uh, the interesting bit is how to get the players uh, around the table there. Eh? So you can have a cool ID. which is similar to a fax machine. Uh, if I'm the only one with a fax machine, uh, anybody still has a fax machine? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you do not have a recipient, it's not really yeah. helping. Eh? <laughs> Pensions have fax machines.
1: Yeah, they definitely do. I just normally don't
2: spin Here out. In Here in America. Here in I'm
3: not sure if we have a fax machine It It's a good question. So I uh, might <laughs> be tempted to ask for that. Obviously, there's morning. a list nodding. We have one. We have yeah. one. Oh, okay. okay, okay. That's, uh, if we have one too, then I'll send you a fax on Monday. So.
2: Good <laughs> <laughs> job just spinning out a tech company from a pension plan. I mean, honestly, like if you just kind of say it like that, you started a tech company inside a public pension plan and now it's spun
3: out and it's working. That's pretty, pretty wild. I think it's pretty cool and um, it's all the credits to the team there uh, yeah. uh, because uh, uh, these were also people that were on the payroll who mm. took the, uh, uh, the step to being an entrepreneur with their own cool ID that they brought to Fertition and basically also drove to success uh, with bringing all the pension funds, I extremely uh, solid collaborations with PGGM, uh, the other large pension fund uh, here in the Netherlands uh, there, uh, but also other actors in the whole system there. So it's pretty cool and i'm so proud of that team so
1: you're just hoping it's a harbinger of portability and a whole bunch of other pension schemes i mean it's not really a thing that we do over here
3: no but i think that's uh uh, what you see and ashby knows all about that uh i think there would be so much more power if pension funds and asset owners would uh, i would say collaborate more and more and more closely there but that's trust and uh, trust trust and time and that's uh the the, the prerequisites here
1: okay. yeah yeah i mean it's really I, like it's, it seems like you guys are up to all sorts of stuff like i was explaining that i was chatting to you with my partner and i was like oh yeah uh, marcel's from the dutch pension fund so they're really innovative um which i i don't think that she had as a stereotype for for the netherlands in general um but <laughs> for us in in pension land it's sort of a you know kind of a, an assumed thing um what, like so? It's it sounds like you're you're using this stuff and you're creating this broader ecosystem. Like, what else have you got going on? Uh,
3: yeah. uh, I can share some things, and uh, sometimes it's always interesting uh, to uh, that you want to know what I'm not talking about yeah, instead of what I'm sharing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's the high secret alpha signal, uh, detecting stuff uh, uh, there, but I think uh, uh, the hottest thing uh, around the planet uh, is at this moment. I think the planet. Eh? So uh, everything around the uh, sustainable development uh, goals of the UN, uh, ESG, uh, even uh, in Canada, ESG now uh, uh, is high on the agenda uh, there, uh, where I think uh, many uh, parties discover that a shallow approach to ESG uh, creates vulnerability if Morningstar start to uh, re-rate, I would say, uh, the ESG offerings there, eh? so then you're not ESG uh, at all. Uh, So I think literally at this moment, again, our clients challenge us with new goals towards 2025 uh, around uh, investments uh, in UN, uh, towards the UN Sustainable Development Goals, even more reducing our carbon footprint, but also some of the bigger mega trends. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then then you come at the heart of, I think, what the biggest challenge will be, Uh, where to find the appropriate data uh, Mm -hmm. and what to do with all that data. And, as I sometimes uh, say that uh, the biggest challenge ahead will be uh, that you know know your client is easy uh, we think it's a big problem, but know your data that will be the single uh, single biggest challenge going forward there and uh, do you know your data, do you trust your data, and what decisions do you take on your data of I would say mixed quality there yeah. Um, yeah. So that's so, really, sorry, please
2: go ahead. I have a couple, Sloan, feel free to jump in. if you. I have a couple that I'm just thinking of right now. So feel free to jump in, Sloan, if you feel like I'm taking this in the wrong direction. But we talked about how you spun out a tech company. But also when you guys got going on the SDG platform, this this yep. asset owner platform,
3: yep. it's my understanding that you guys bought
2: a tech company.
3: We both, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that was 2019, so that's, uh, that's already some time uh, ago indeed. We had to solve some problems on how to uh, select, I would say, companies uh, that would be sustainable development investments there. Okay. So data and AI all along, we collaborated there with the uh, inf- innovation team of Deloitte and the Netherlands there, uh, which went pretty well, very satisfied there. Um And then uh, for various reasons, uh, we ended up uh, indeed taking over the whole uh, uh, Deloitte uh, innovation team, which is now also an independent entity called Entis, E-N-T-I-S www.entis.com. <laughs> 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 I sent uh, show notes plug. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's 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 GDPR compliant. So uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm doing no, no, that. No, think. No. and GDPR compliant. Now, but <laughs> this uh, this team now uh, uh, is indeed uh, applying AI machine learning techniques to select a uh, appropriate investable universe. But then we thought this is a cool solution for us, but this is a, a broader solution. Uh, so that's when we reached out to some of the uh, asset owners that we collaborate with uh, very closely, like, again, PGGM, but also Australian Super, our friends in Australia, uh, yeah. but also BCI, British Columbia Investments uh, there, Vancouver Island, mm-hmm. cool place. Uh, and with the four of us, we uh, decided to start the SDI asset owner platform, uh, where from APG side, we uh, uh, again spawn out our intellectual property Uh, uh, on this solution there, which is now being co-owned by the four of us. Uh, where there's a, I would say, A, a big interest also from other asset owners to see if they want to join in driving this initiative. Uh, But even more cooler is that uh, we... uh, are in a partnership with Contigo, the data distributor, and that the products that we're using actually in our own investment process uh, can now be acquired for all asset owners or asset managers uh, there uh, via Contigo. Uh, where it's not, a, I would say, a, the intent to have this as revenue or profit-driven, uh, but the income can be utilized to develop the product even further, which comes to the benefit, again, to the pensioners there. So again, I think an efficient solution avoiding wasting pensioners' money. So that's... Uh,
2: Marcel... It's cool tech. I, I, I expect that if there's some American pension plan employees on here that don't know about APG, their their head exploded, like probably <laughs> three or four minutes ago. Um, rest in peace. Uh, but but I um, I'm telling you, like, the amount of innovation you just described, acquiring companies, spinning out companies, partnerships with major data platforms, owning the IP, sharing the IP, all this stuff is very impressive. And, and I spend my life studying these organizations. Um, can you just like do a little bit of the boring bit, which is what is going on with your governance and your culture and your management to to allow this to happen, is it just because you're Dutch and we shouldn't try to replicate it, or is it, <laughs> is it because you've got some the organization got designed some way that we could replicate
3: uh well, at the beginning, I think we have a pretty traditional organization uh, there. Uh, you have the investment side. Uh, these are uh, uh, the people that earn the, mo- uh, that earn the money. As CEO i allowed to spend it, which is, I think, there. I would say the ba- basic uh, segregation of duty in the organization there, so that helps. Uh, but all jokes aside, uh, I think, uh, Ashby, you're touching here on, I think, uh, some of the key ingredients... Uh, 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 for an organization. I think uh, we took there uh, the difficult and long uh, road there uh, where, um, you know, it's intellectually, everybody knows that this stuff in, is important. Uh, I think, and then you have two hurdles. Uh, conceptually, this can be pretty difficult stuff uh, and having a consultant presenting it on a PowerPoint with seven blocks and some arrows, then it might make sense. Uh, but the tricky bit is, I think, the third part, and that is bringing it towards execution. Uh, and, yeah. I think the biggest hurdle, in uh, I would say, from a cultural perspective here, is that you really have to allow yourself also to learn. Uh, and literally, you were referring to t- 2017. Uh, we literally started in 2016, 17, 18. Why we were we busy with other traditional stuff? to uh, just learn what is this technology, what can it do. Uh, And not on the fringes, eh? if you immediately put it too far away, that's not really helping. So we started with bringing technology to the people, just tickling their curiosity, so to say. Uh, after which we went on the Innovation Awards. You know, which team has the big idea? Yeah, celebrating yeah. uh, CEO awarding the Innovation Award. Yeah, uh, uh, Which is basically then also making sure that people reckon that as senior management, uh, this is important. Right. Uh, and ultimately, then starts, I would say, the early adopters in the organizations that try to pull and uh, just allow them to do stuff without bringing governance in too hard, so to say. Um, And now, uh, after three years of allowing us to learn with some pretty nice successes uh, there, uh, Mm. now comes indeed the boring stuff, like our Information Governance Board. Uh, What about what we call information assurance? eh? So uh, we have five-star information assurance governance product, like uh, you uh, can only use certain information products depending on the quality of the data, process, and systems. If you report to the regulator, it should be five-star quality. Uh, but a single portfolio manager behind uh, his or her desk. You know, you can do not take a, a big decision there. So data can be of mixed quality. That's okay yeah? you can even use Excel. Uh, so those are the governance uh, boundaries that you credibly need to be putting in place, which is also, I think, ultimately a must-do uh, because topics like, uh, uh, can you explain your algorithm? How do you come to a decision? Uh, Can you prove your data lineage? Uh, You know, uh, here in the Netherlands, uh, Mm. the accountant and the Dutch regulator, the Dutch central bank, uh, this becomes part of the conversation, uh, parts of the governance, and parts of the mandatory regulations there. So uh, allowing yourself to learn, please, uh, American friends and all the others do it quickly uh, (laughs) because this will be hitting you. Uh, even uh, from a fiduciary responsibility, you could argue, how does it feel from a fiduciary responsibility if you cannot explain how this technology and how this data uh, uh, drives you to certain uh, conclusions and making investments? Mm. So I,
2: I feel like oftentimes we see these step changes in pension funds and, and sovereign funds from a crisis. There's some crisis that's like, yeah. oh man, we got to change everything because we were screwing it up before and we yeah. only realized when the crisis came. Um, it, in looking from the outside in, it looks to me like you built some kind of an innovation culture. I think you even had an innovation team. sounds like you have, you know, prizes, which kind of goes to my thinking, do you have innovation compensation for people? Um, was there a crisis that preceded all that? like did you have were you running out of capacity in managers in the netherlands that forced you know did your yep. central bank give you some bad news about your discount yep. rate um, <laughs> uh
3: don't, don't talk about the discount rate. It's Friday evening. Now I really need to drink. <laughs> <laughs> this is not helping. No, but, but, but literally, uh, you know, uh, the Dutch pension landscape is dramatically uh, changing there. Already for years, there was a change in a the pension law uh, was in the making, which has been approved last year which literally will be forced the uh, very well-known, important, solid Dutch pension landscape, uh, top two, three, globally with the Danish and our other friends uh, there, we will have a big change and move from DB to more a DC, CDC-like system uh, there, and we need to be finished in four or five years' time. Uh, And it might be changing the landscape. And we have our first tech company who says... Well, you know, I'm going to offer it for, uh, I don't know, 15 euro or something like that uh, annually as admin cost. Uh, while the average pension funds looks at, uh, I would say, uh, 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 we're not that cheap. Uh, so we need to get cheaper. Uh, but it might be a factor of 10, 20, 30 more expensive with the smaller pension funds. So uh, uh, cheaper, but I think, and that's the biggest change. That's, I think that's the biggest change. Six years ago, I would say the communication between a pension fund and a participant was that once a year you get your trusted uh, uniform pension overview on paper, which says, okay, and dear Mr. Prince, in 15 years' time, your annual pension will be XYZ. And I, okay, should be good. See you next year. Um, I think uh, nowadays modern participants are do not expecting once a year a paper overview anymore. Mm. Uh, uh, they do expect an app. They want to know where are you investing in ESG. You know, are you investing in the big bad boys uh, uh, that sell uh, cluster bombs? Uh, if so, then you're not. I don't want you to be my pension fund. Uh, so uh, the dynamics with the participants are completely changing. So it needs to be uh, much more participant oriented there participant-centric even, if you would say, pension fund-centric. Communication needs to be uh, faster, uh, more in-depth in terms of data. So you need to embrace at that moment really, I would say, uh, the whole uh, 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 omni-channel interaction with your participant uh, there because that's what people are expecting nowadays in society. And if competition landscape changes and in a few years' time, you are head-to-head with, I don't know, insurers or tech companies uh uh, moving into i would say the pension space because there's still a lot of money there uh uh, then you need to be uh building up on that competences so no we were not in a crisis okay uh, but uh we do expect that a big crisis ahead uh is a crisis it's a big change Uh, uh, and uh that's really where we have been anticipating on and which is now really central in our 2025 strategy going forward
1: You know, as I hear you talk, like, there's so many, like, big successes that we've talked about, right, where, you know, you've created tech companies and spun them out. um, And, you know, you've prepared for this dramatic sea change uh, in your your firm and in the the broader industry. You must have had some, like, kind of successful failures, right, where there's something that happened. (laughs) I I wonder if you could talk about one of
3: them. Uh, I want to talk. Uh, I need even more drinks now. No, 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 <laughs> no. But I think, in all reality, you know, uh, it's indeed tempting uh, about uh, to talk about all the successes. But if you lo- look at uh, the 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 failures or the important learnings uh, there, uh, technology is complex uh, or can be very complex uh, uh, there. Uh, So making sure that between, uh, I would say, uh, the the broader business, whether it be portfolio management or risk management, and the tech people, is a common understanding on how a certain piece of technology can add business value. Uh, That's a big thing. Uh, That's a big thing. Uh, It's also about, I think, a second big topic where we're dealing with at this moment is, uh, uh, you know, guys, we need to shift more to a more, uh, I would say, commercial mindset, yeah, mm. where you need, need to deal with scarcity, also in terms of uh, even stricter in managing your cost base. So, okay, you want to do some cool experiments uh, and you want to invest how much? 500K? Uh, okay, so what can we expect there? You know, uh, 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 this is uh, the free money, um, you know? How, <laughs> how, how free is the money? <laughs> uh, you know? uh, uh, so, having a more, I would say, business case of, of value-driven approach. Uh, innovation is fun, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Horizon 3 innovation in five years is cool and disruptive. But I need McKinsey-style Horizon 2 and Horizon 1 innovation that creates business value and investment return in one yeah. to three years' time, max there. <laughs> oh, but, uh, oh, oh, so, so I need to commit myself now. Well, you know, that's, yeah. uh, uh, which is also a learning there. Uh, um, and still uh, facilitate a, a learning uh, culture. And coming them back to the culture there, uh, I think the biggest um, uh, dilemmas at this moment is not about tech. Uh, we have made our choices. I love blockchain. We use it of the of the financial markets. There works for the admin, not for investments. Uh, at the moment, it's tokenized, and I can trade. Uh, not and also five hundred million uh, or hundred million. Then uh, we might be using it. The big thing for us will be all about AI, machine learning, and data okay Mm. that's the easy part and then the question with your employees is how are you going to manage the workforce transition there and uh uh, if i uh, i don't think i need this i don't think i want this i don't think i understand this Uh, so some of the biggest uh, not necessarily failings but learnings is uh, i would say almost like uh if you want to If you want to get into a relationship, eh, what I always say, eh, if you want to go fast, go slow. eh, uh, uh, So pushing it too hard and pushing this technology too fast, that's not the way to go. Hmm. Uh, And there where you go just too fast, uh, then you're just losing the people uh, that might not be understanding, having the competence or skill yet, or or might just be plainly be afraid that technology will be automating their work and they will be coming redundant there. So, taking your time that ultimately understanding that this is not a technology or a data change. The biggest transformation here is the workforce change, you know, and uh, which is driven by technology and data. Uh, uh, But the learning that is not about pushing technology and data, but it starts by, I would say, taking individuals and teams and the organization by the hands uh, and give them the new shiny tools and weaponize them to do their job in a different way. Uh, That is, I think, uh, the biggest learning uh, where literally I would say then the failures has been if you lose individuals, if you lose teams, eh, uh, if you get the reaction that it's a technology push, guys from IT, you're pushing it again. Uh, Or technology people saying you don't understand uh, how you can use this in your business there. You know, I, I think these are uh, important stuff there. And last but not least, I would say uh, during all these implementations, which is natural for, for, uh, in an innovation perspective, uh, we really, really, really needed to learn to kill our darlings. We got a great idea. We're going to implement it. And then it's, it almost works. Give me another 100K. And then it's after that 100K. Now it's almost works. So it's all the fallacy that you really do not want to kill your darling because your ID is so great. There might be alpha signal in this data set or whatsoever. And they really decide to quit, to call it quits and just move on to the next experiment. Hmm. Uh, uh, that, That is something and people let go and not saying it's a failure, but there's just not no business value there, which is okay. And let's move on to the next ID. And that's maintaining that innovation uh, culture there and making sure that you continuously try to move as an organization, uh, utilize what works, implement it, leverage on that, uh, and cherish the learnings uh, there. Those are some of the key topics that, uh, that we really had uh, to spend some time on ourselves to reckon that this is what we need to master. Otherwise, we will not be successful in the upcoming years.
2: It's amazing. First of all, I'm super happy to hear that. Um, in order to go fast, you have to go slow because that gives me hope for the American pension plans that are stopped. <laughs> uh, uh, they're, they're, they're just they're just biding their time for the yeah, big. We lead
1: the world in going slow. <laughs> so slow, we're going
2: to go so fast. Um, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you mean. You mean go slow in the direction of the innovative thing, you know? <laughs> deliver a process. I'm, I'm only joking. Um, Look, Marcel, I think we're we're getting near the time, but to me, it it sounds like you've built a culture of, um, it's okay to fail. Um, and, and that like, oftentimes in these organizations, I'll tell you like the only way to like lose your job is to innovate and fail. And, and so have you made it okay to fail, to kill your darling and not have consequences, um, for your career?
3: Um, I think so. Uh, you're still here I think so no no no, no. Uh, the, 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 uh, yesterday I had a, 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 just an open Q&A session with uh, uh, the whole COO team that we do that just digitally uh, once a month which is no PowerPoint slides no fancy speeches or whatsoever just a and a uh, like this you know and then it's somebody calling and saying oh I want to talk about this and this I think the key topic uh, we discussed yesterday was uh, uh, psychological f- safety Mm. and how to move from feedback to feed forward and mm. how it important is in a culture to, uh, to feel psychological safe to step forward and asking a question to your COO in a big group or uh, feel in a team psychological safe just to keep feed forward to your colleague there uh, or step forward and say, okay, this went wrong uh, uh, and take ownership and taking accountability uh, 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 there. And I think it's uh, ultimately about these kinds of cultural elements that, that lay the foundation there uh, to move from uh, slow uh, and accelerate uh, at that moment because you cannot do that in a uh, command and control mode top-down. Uh, it catches you a long way. Uh, yeah. But re- li- literally, we are setting the, I don't know how you call that, the side rails, how do you call that, next to the road? Side mm-hmm. oh, rails. Road? yeah, right, yeah. Steve, so, you know, these, these are the boundaries, you know, guys. Yeah. These are the boundaries there. And, uh, and between those boundaries, you know, go. We love agile. And agile is not about giving freedom. Uh, agile is about setting very clear this is the architectural direction yeah. and have fun within it, discover and create a value uh, awesome. uh, there. So it's b- being very clear, which is unacceptable and between that uh, give people the, the tools to learn uh, but also and that is again i think why this is more a workforce transformation uh, than a technology transformation uh, create a psychological safe environment for people uh, to say whether okay and whether uncomfortable and mm-hmm. as an example we now have our uh, boot camp we uh, a data camp boot camp there which is open for everybody uh uh, there where uh next to myself i think my boss and i are now in a speed race to have the most experience points in our introduction course python uh, uh, leadership by example you know and there are rankings there (laughs) (laughs) you know and then it's open for the whole organization there and it's about you know again also that that people see that it's okay you know uh, Mm. uh there uh So psychological safety uh, and working on that uh, is the fundamental layer uh, of trust, which is required within an organization to allow to fail, I think. Uh, But it's also ultimately, uh, I would say, a culture that we think, uh, not only the old workforce, but especially also current generation that cares about responsible investing, that knows tech, that grew up with tech, that doesn't mm. know what a fax machine is. You know a fax, F-A-X. Mm. Look it up on the internet. You know they probably it, have a picture. It, yeah. Otherwise, uh, ask Ashby. He sends a picture. And, you know, he still has a fax <laughs> machine. <laughs> no, you know. So it's it's that that culture that uh, you need to build and cherish because those are the fundamentals of tech revolution.
0: But, uh,
2: Marcel, thank you. Um, We've we've gone over the time we wanted to grab with you, but we thank you so much. (laughs) You are. You are also I want to call out. You are also an author. You've written some astoundingly good, just brilliant papers uh, (laughs) on alternative data and data camouflage. Um, And so I just want to congratulate you on those papers. They're fantastic.
3: Uh, well, thank you, Ashby Monk. Uh, can I say, uh, can I echo that comment by your co-author <laughs> in this? Uh, oh, it's be it's my always co-author. a pleasure.
1: You, you, can, you can really count on Ashby to talk his book.
3: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, it's an amazing book, you know. That's a uh,
1: key achievement there. That, uh, you know, I love
3: it. So in right in the show
1: notes.
2: Uh no, thank you, Marcel. Have a great weekend. And we really do appreciate it. It isn't every day that I hear a, an innovation uh slogan that's new to me, but I have to admit, moving from feedback to feed forward is actually what I hadn't heard before. So <laughs> and I love it. I love it. We need more feed forward. Very good. All right, bye. Enjoy today. Bye. The day. bye Kyle.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.
2: He's amazing. Wow, so good. Yeah, it's, like, it's like he doesn't work at a pension plan, you know? Like, <laughs> there's, there's like most corporations can't figure out how to innovate like they are. It's, it's crazy.
1: It's really it's wild. wild. Yeah. 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 I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm just having a hard time. Like the, the that was such a scope of interview, right? Like we talked about, we went from the blockchain to like internal culture and change management. It's like maintaining a learning culture. Um, and like kind of comp and man, I mean, very, very cool stuff.
2: Well, like the blockchain thing is, is like, um, symptom is the wrong word, but, but it's like a symptom of like the illness of innovation. Well, how did they get, how did they get sick with needing to innovate? And, and like, that's why I'm like, is it crisis? Is it culture? You know, what is it that like put that bug into that organization to really change and, and embrace technology? Because that's that's what other organizations will be able to replicate. So, pretty awesome. awesome.
1: Yeah, and you know, fun fact about the fax machine: I was actually able to update the Wikipedia ar- article to say that my uh, my buddy invented it, um, and it stuck there for like a year and a half. No. <laughs> um which like you know shows you the the depth of curiosity that there is about the fax machine. Uh, oh, <laughs> but with that said, it is time the time that everyone well first it's time for a little bit of a plug um you know so uh, you know <laughs> beloved listeners you might have noticed a few innovations recently rolling out on this very free money podcast feed right for instance mm-hmm. our episodes are now numbered can you believe it um that is that a big, that is a big step that's a big step Number yeah
2: in front of our episodes <laughs>
1: it's like i mean you know sometimes the small innovations can be big ones um but there is also a whole website freemoneypodcast.com where you can do all the stuff that we tell you to do all the time like ask us a question or uh i don't know well other things uh this is getting serious Swan. yep yep merch merch will be uh happening soon i guess uh probably once i figure Give out how to do it site-
2: the next thing you know, we're going to have a non-fungible token for this episode and we're going to be able to own it. And uh, it's going to be fabulous.
1: Well, that's actually the, you know, that that's so funny. You should bring that up because that's the first year FB question. Oh. Yeah. so right, like, let's, I mean, hear let's hear it. Let's jump in. One of our listeners has heard that people are getting rich off of these non-fungible tokens, which they, are, they have been. Um, I think the Wall Street Journal had a big story about Um, so about a financial analyst who put $175,000 into, um, basically NBA trading cards, Mm. um, that are now worth $20 million. Um, so the listener wonders, how do I create a non-fungible token?
2: I mean, I think these things are pretty fascinating. I, I mean, I, I, look, I grew up with an artist, so it's fun to see my mom's an artist. She's an oil painter. Um, Sherry Monk, you can look her up on the Etsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's just so fun to see like different ways in which art get delivered. And like, this is a new form of art. And so if you're an artist, um, or, you know, you have, you have a collectible or an antique in the digital world, I think you're like on your way. I mean, ultimately, you have to have something to sell. Um, I can remember like the funniest thing I ever saw for sale on eBay was Air from an event you know like oh, they would wow. they would take bags into different rock concerts or nba finals and close the bags and tape them and then you would purchase air it's the ultimate vapor wow. Uh,
1: vaporware wow vaporware.
2: but but look i think i don't know where this goes i don't even like you know i don't know how you like make it and sell it do you know salon how you make a, an nft
1: I, you know, I, I, I think you just kind of do it. Like I, my sense is that there's are <laughs> <interesting. laughs> <It's, you laughs> hash, right? There's like yeah.
2: barcode that.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. In- like, I mean, these, a lot of these are like, like tech firms that are making like, there's yeah. like a, you know, the, um the digital sneaker tech firm that right. has their own blockchain that will sell you sneaker, digital sneakers on their blockchain. Okay. um And, you know, honestly, the thing that, to me is so awesome about this is like, I mean, so I, my cousin runs an art gallery in, in Brooklyn and I spend a lot of time talking to him about the economics of this stuff. The artists usually don't get to benefit as the art that they make appreciates and value. Mm. Um, but within the, the NFT mechanic, they get a 10% cut on each subsequent sale. Um, you That's know, so yeah. So like, if you're like, a trans- like a
2: good- every time it transfers, it like triggers a, yeah, a wire, a wire to the creator
1: yeah exactly or, or you know a, a hit to the whatever bitcoin account that they have but um i i really like that i think that's a you know a democratization kind of um and in a way a decommodification um mm. uh, of some of this stuff because you're involving the creator more directly in it and you're not just ha- creating these like strictly financialized entities um you that's know like not- you did Like you do with, I mean, regular art is all about will the moma buy this and how soon? Um, Right. Yeah. You know. The funny thing is like, at first I was like, is this like prints
2: where there's like, you know, 200 prints signed by an an artist? And it's not that really, because a print is like uh, a share. It's not the original, right? And Mm. so what you're actually buying is a share of an original Mm. moment. You know, yeah, it's um, it kind of reminds me of like Garden State, where like she she like does this little dance in the room, and she's like, "That was the first time that ever happened in the history of Earth." This yeah. true, this true original moment um, in human history, and and like that's kind of what we're trying to put a wrapper around these original moments, and then give you a right to own that original. So it can't really be um, a print. It's actually quite the opposite of that anyway it's like
1: syndication like like, like, you know seinfeld is in syndication you know um yeah it's i mean it's just it's so cool what these crypto kids come up with oh these guys i just like to watch the innovations uh but speaking of innovation the next question uh, i'm really i'm really interested in your answer to this um president biden has appointed tim Wu and Lena khan who are two of the most prominent anti-monopoly academics Yes. um to the Federal Trade Commission they're not yet confirmed um but uh this makes a breakup of some big tech companies more likely mm. um besides mm. lower housing prices in silicon valley perhaps what what effect would that have my
2: initial reaction is that i hope it kind of scares the crap out of these companies to stop stop being so freaking creepy um i i watched i have to tell you Sloan, i watched this netflix documentary this week, the social dilemma. And like within 24 hours, I had deleted Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook off my phone. (laughs) And I I had like, if you got a note saying I was on signal, it was because I had watched that freaking Holy shit. Yeah. Like this is is the creepiest shit. This is like potentially like, gonna like destroy humanity, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I like the idea that like, some of this dominance and like manipulation might be called out, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's probably time. I don't know if like, I hate to call for regulation and, and you know, all the good stuff that um, people freak out about. But, but I do think some oversight and some understanding and some challenging, uh, you know, just to understand, like, how did we get so politicized? Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, when you see this documentary, You'll see like the politicization in our country is directly linked to the rise of these platforms, right? I, I, and so, I, yeah.
1: That's like, I mean, it, that's really terrifying. Uh, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I like my Instagram memes. I'm so conflicted. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, know. I know you're like, Instagram's not Facebook, right? Right? Yeah, no, no.
2: Yeah, okay. I know it is.
1: I know it is. Uh, it would be, uh, oh, last, yeah, you know
2: yeah. what? I was actually going to force my children to watch the documentary. Eight, That's a great idea. That's ten. a great idea. Like you get been I mean, TV today, but here's the catch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a documentary. Oh dad we don't want to watch. <laughs> Can I do an iPad when we watch it? Dad, no. you're always you're <laughs> always talking about traffic trent about how data is good. How is data bad now? <laughs> data's bad now, dude. So yeah. Not yeah. Uh, <laughs> all, right. all right. last question. Uh what Woo. would it take for you to become a vegan? Oh, what would it take? Hmm very minor nudge yeah oh,
2: this is like being vegan today is not what it was in 1978 i'm, I'm like effectively vegan now like i buy purposefully um beyond meat i love yep. it Yeah, yep. Right, I mean, i'm not even a vegetarian like i i i'll do anything um but like and i purposefully buy this popcorn that's like cheesy non-cheese popcorn it's vegan. Ah. It's delish um, and so I find myself like doing a lot of vegan food already, and and like I just it makes me feel good that like the I'm not contributing to climate change through animals. Yeah, um, that's like the part that feels good. But it I admit it makes me feel good because it tastes delicious. Like it's
1: really it's freaking great. Uh, vegan ice cream is better than non-vegan ice cream if you get oh, the right. right kind. Like the I mean, Van Leeuwen vegan ice cream.
2: Have that milk stuff in that.
1: Oh, yeah, it's the coconut milk ice cream. Um, Dude, it's nuts. You get
2: the coconut mint chip.
1: Yeah. Like, like what? Like nothing better. Yeah. It's really, I mean, uh, you know, and that's where all the innovation and in food is going. Because people are like, you know, oh, can we like replicate that texture with like cashews and stuff? Like, that's really totally. just, that's super like, exciting. met a
2: guy in, at Stanford who was building a company and he's like, I may just like recreate the world's best grilled cheese sandwich. And, <laughs> What you need to realize is a cow is just a biological engine to convert grass and grain to milk and then cheese. And so, why can't I go back to the grass and grain and do the same thing but create an even better cheese that is the best melting cheese? And I was like ready to give him my money. That's you know, that not so hard, sandwich, but to yeah. build the damn company, I was so excited about the freaking grilled cheese.
1: Hell yeah! I mean, like that's that's. I mean, we got to buy that with the free money spec, obviously. This
2: is part of our SPAC, yes.
1: <laughs> Grilled cheese innovations. You heard Buy our
2: NFT so that we can launch our SPAC and, yeah. and get grilled cheeses that aren't made from cheese.
1: Yeah, we're getting the next like Elon Musk style flywheel of like, you know, fangirls and fanboys, uh, you know, fueling a, a rocket ship to the moon. But Literally. That about does it for us today, though. Um, oh. You know, I mean, like, if you have Good any one. questions. If you have questions about vegan ice cream or anything else, just please, freemoneypodcast.com. Click the little and Ask a Question a question widget.
2: And if you made it this far, why not put, give
1: us five stars? Oh, yeah, even, that's a good even idea. Even if you're mad at us. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. 9 yeah. out of 10 people who do that are, are glad that they did. Yeah,
2: yeah. And that other and guy's a jerk. Nine out of 10 times, it works every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'm looking like-
1: rain on no, no. them.